Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Monday Night Football. This Monday Night Football preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance and Canty, exactly what they had in mind when they came together <laughs> for Monday Night Football. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. So far this year at 3-7. and seven, And the Indianapolis Colts at 4-6-1. and one. You can throw out the records, Canty, because we all want to at this point. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We are previewing this game tonight because there's a few things here that we have to get to, and that's Kenny Pickett. How quickly can the Steelers actually make a decision in, in the right mind, so to speak, on a quarterback they just drafted? Because, as you pointed out earlier, they are going to end up with an exceptionally high pick, probably what? Where are they right now? Number five? I think they have the uh, fifth yes, pick. Yes, the Pittsburgh Steelers have the fifth overall pick right now. Can you really truly justify a year after taking a quarterback in the first round, and he has no offensive line to speak of, taking mm-hmm. another quarterback the next year? That's a tough sell to me, no matter how the guy played. Um, I hear where you're coming from, Carlin, but we also have to keep this in perspective. Kenny Pickett is the same quarterback that blew a second-half lead to, you guessed it, Zach Wilson, the quarterback that the Jets benched last week and the guy that they used a second overall pick on in 2021. So is it too quick to pull off of a guy, to move off of a guy? You probably lean towards saying yes, but Carlin – how long are you supposed to wait? Do you, do you forego the opportunity cost of taking a quarterback in the top five and stay with a huge question mark in Kenny Pickett moving forward? I, I don't know that you can do that if you're Mike Tomlin. Think about this, Carlin. He's played in seven games. He'll have seven more games to go. All you're asking for from Kenny Pickett is to show more consistency with his playmaking. Give us a few more flashes that we can hang on to Give us some semblance of hope that we can build a perennial contender around you in a division that has Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson. That's what I'm looking to see from Kenny Pickett. I know from a talent standpoint, he ain't them other three dudes. But can he show enough where I believe that his career trajectory will allow our franchise to compete against those teams for an AFC North crown? That's what I want to see from Kenny Pickett, and that's what the rest of this season is about for the Pittsburgh Steelers, quite frankly. Well, if this is where we're setting the bar, I don't know how he's supposed to come close to it when he doesn't have a ton to work with with that offensive line. Now, you've got weapons. Deontay Johnson is a weapon. Pat Fryermuth is a very good tight end. Pickens Uh, Pickens, is a weapon. Pickens is absolutely a weapon. And Najee Harris is a weapon. You know, yes, but I wonder how much of his production would be a whole lot better with a better offensive line, too. Uh, I don't think he has been – he's very good. I don't think he's been what they would have expected when they got him. He has well, Bill been... Parcells used to say this all the time, Carlin. All running backs run the same when there's no hole, yeah. and that's not very well. Now, quarterbacks seem to struggle when they don't have an offensive line in front of them to pass protect. But there's a quarterback in the division that Joe Burrow – 
yep. that had no semblance of an offensive line last year and took his to team the to the Super Bowl. Bowl. Now, I know Kenny Pickett ain't Joe Burrow, and I don't, I don't think he'll ever develop into a guy that can have a Joe Burrow type of impact. But can you show enough playmaking that will allow me to believe that if we supported you properly, put an offensive line in place, gave you a few more weapons, that this team could then be in position to compete against the lights of the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know that I can say that definitively right now about Kenny Pickett. And Carlin, if he stays healthy, we'd have a pretty good chunk of playing time to be able to evaluate him now. I mean, 14 games is not nothing in the National Football League. So it would be a season's worth of a sample size. And and if he's not your guy and you are still in that position where you have a top five pick, I don't know how you don't consider it. On the flip side, can the Colts truly evaluate Jeff Saturday and where they're headed the rest of the way? I mean, I think they can, whether they want to give him the – the legit shot at the job at the end of the year, or this was just, hey, come in, help us out, we'll get through it, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do. Yeah, I mean, that sounds great, Carlin, but, I mean, his first game out, they won. They beat the Raiders, who seemed hapless, but have won back-to-back games since. And they scared the hell out of the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Eagles just beat the brakes off of the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, here's what I'll say. I think that Jeff Saturday has a unique opportunity. They've got six more games left. If you're talking about Jeff Saturday being able to turn a winning record in those six games, then then you're talking about, at, at a minimum, Jeff Saturday being five and three in eight games. I don't know how you don't consider yeah. keeping him as your full-time coach if that's what he does. Take it over Frank Wright in the middle of the year. God, if, if Jeff Saturday went five and three the rest of the season, no, 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 no. I'm saying overall. Yeah. Because he's already had two games. He's one and one. If right. he was able to turn a winning record no, I meant five in their and final three six overall. games. In, in, yes. Yeah, if he's five and yes. three overall, yeah. I didn't phrase that right. I, I knew what you were saying. Uh, my point is, can you just imagine that for a second with, the, with as absurd as the majority of us thought the hiring was, despite the fact that uh, to a person at ESPN, you can't find anybody to say a negative thing about the guy. Everybody roots for him and wants him to do well, but – it's exactly like Jeff Darlington told us at the time. Wow, that's awesome for Jeff. That's really not going to work. <laughs> Imagine him going five and three the, the, in the job. You'd have to give him the job if he wants to do it. You'd have to. But, Carlin, I think there, there are more ripple effects if that does end up being the case throughout the industry. All of a sudden, owners think differently about what the criteria for a head coach has to look like and that's, to me, the more fascinating part of this, this Jeff Saturday experiment. It's how he does, and if this ends up finishing on a positive note for the Colts, then what does that mean for other former players or other nondescript coaches that are in the league getting a potential shot at being the head guy without having to elevate to the position of being a coordinator or a quarterback's coach? I, I think that's very, very interesting. It's, um, it's a little dangerous. And, and, <laughs> well, you could say you could say it's dangerous, Carlin, but I mean, you know, it's it's unconventional. But listen, you're talking about billionaire owners; they didn't get to where they're at by being conventional. No. So I mean, listen, this but, is a gamble that Jim Ursay took, and it seems like it's going to work out for him. Now I don't know what the Colts' record is going to be. I don't anticipate them being 
a playoff team or competing for their division. But I think there's an opportunity for them to finish with a really positive second half of the year and go into the 2023 offseason feeling good about their situation with their head coach and their general manager. The one thing, I mean, it's going to scare me if that happens because you're going to see guys like D'Amico Ryans, guys like Eric Bieniemy, not be in the mix all of a sudden. Well, Carlin, they've been getting passed on head coaching jobs already. Carlin, they've been getting passed on head coaching jobs already. Yeah, I know. I, I they didn't get past on head coaching. Lot, I mean, I they, they didn't need the run. excuse of Jeff Saturday stepping in no, and being I, good off of TV for them right. not to get a head coaching job. You're, it, you know, listen, so. with the enemy, that's absolutely been true. Was, Ryan's was in the mix a little bit this past offseason, was he not? Carl, I, I mean, if you want to say that, the enemy's been in the mix for a long time. Yes. You know how long D'Amico yes. Ryan's been a defensive coordinator? Two years? I'm just saying, man. Yeah. Uh, listen, you're right. I'm not. I, I, I'm on the same page with you on B enemy. There doesn't need to be another reason to continue to pass the guy over. It, it doesn't need to be. All I know is that it, it's just so bizarre to see this play out. And yet, if it does play out that way, if they actually, if he actually finished the year, second half of the year, five and three, as the Colts head coach. There's going to be a lot of people that want to line up and give him the job, and and I get it. I don't think it's a, the best thing, but I get it. Oof. Well, I mean, it's a meritocracy, Carlin. If he finishes yeah. five and three, given the job that he was taking over, I, I think it shows that he can do the job, and that's what we want, right? No matter who you are, no matter where you come from, if you've proven that you can do the job, you deserve to keep the job. And that's all we talk about when we think about the equity inequality in those spaces as a head coach, no matter what race you are. If you're a good coach, then you deserve the opportunity to be a head coach and to keep that job. And, and so that, that that's the thing with Jeff Saturday. If he proves he can do it, then kudos to Jeff. I mean, I'm really not interested in how he got the job if he proves that he can do the job. The only time that comes up about how somebody got the job is if they've proven to be incompetent. Yep. And so far, it doesn't feel like that's where Jeff is at. It does not. It does not. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. That's your Monday Night Football preview presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. The most shocking result from the entire weekend and a surprise coach on the hot seat. It's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
loved. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Plenty of intrigue after the weekend. Michigan beating up on Ohio State, still trying to figure out who can possibly still get into the college football playoff. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. For more information or any information on this, we turn to the great Paul Feinbaum every day, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on the SEC Network and the ESPN app. Paul, first of all, just give us your thoughts on what happened Saturday afternoon as Michigan just beat up on Ohio State? I was literally in a state of shock the way that uh, fourth quarter went uh, and because I, I had been led to believe that, that Ohio State maybe was the best team in the country. But they just, they, they just they, they followed almost the same pattern as they did a year ago. And, you know, I, I, I've taken Jim Harbaugh off the hot seat. He's had two perfect seasons, at least in the regular season. Some are wondering if, if the other guy now needs to be on the hot seat, Ryan Day. I realize he, he hasn't lost but, but two or three games in his whole career at Ohio State, but you cannot lose that game by double digits two years in a row or suddenly people are going to be very angry. Paul, we saw Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren already campaigning for both Ohio State and <laughs> Michigan to make it to the college football playoff, saying it was clear in his mind after Saturday's game that those are two of the best four teams in the country. So your thoughts on the Big Ten's path to potentially getting two teams in the college football playoff? Yeah, Warren called it an instant classic. I'm not sure he's ever seen a good game if he thought that was an instant <laughs> classic. But, uh, but, but I, I think he has a point. And, and really, uh, let's, let's make this simple for the audience that doesn't follow it as closely as I do. If TCU and Southern Cal both win this weekend, they're playing in championship games, there will not be a discussion. Uh, Ohio State will, will be out. But if one of the two loses, probably more than likely if Southern Cal loses to Utah in the Pac-12 game Friday night, then the committee is going to have to decide between either Southern Cal, excuse me, either Ohio State with two law, with one loss or Alabama with two. I think they'll go with Ohio State. It, it's not that easy to figure it out, uh, but Ohio State has a couple of big wins over Notre Dame and at Penn State by, by double digits. Alabama does not have a good win. I know that sounds crazy, but their best wins of the season are against Texas on the road, a four-loss team, and Ole Miss on the road, another four-loss team, and I think that will be the decider. Paul Feinbaum with us on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Paul, does USC at this point control their own destiny to get in? Absolutely. Uh, and, I mean, think about it. It was a year ago today when the news broke, and we were all in a state of shock that Lincoln Riley was leaving Oklahoma to go to Southern Cal and, you know, other than a two-point, a missed two-point conversion at Utah uh, six weeks ago, they, they, they've had a perfect season. And they, they don't have a perfect team. They have the best player in the country in Caleb Williams, and he's going to win the Heisman. Uh, but their defense is, is, is still not great. Uh, they played great, but they're not great. And, and I, I think they, they are literally knocking on the door. And, and, the, and the thought that he could get them back to the playoffs, need another win, of course, in one year is really one of the most remarkable turnarounds I have ever seen. 
Paul, if TCU and USC get into the playoff, you'd have two coaches in year one at their school in the playoff. How would that change the game in terms of schools' patience with new coaches? Uh, Chris, you just you just made it more. That question will make it more difficult for every coach because hmm. uh, nowadays you just don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to be patient. You don't, you, and you really can't afford to be patient because th- these two guys, Sonny Dykes and and obviously Lincoln Riley, have shown that with the transfer portal, you can turn it around that quickly. I mean, think about what Lincoln Riley did in the portal. Uh, he got the best wide receiver in Jordan Addison from Pittsburgh, however he got him. Uh, and he, <laughs> he took Caleb Williams with him. Uh, and that, that transformed the program. So, yeah, uh, I, I think the athletic directors who already have a trigger finger are going to start pulling the plug even earlier than they have been, which is still pretty early. Paul Feinbaum with us. Paul, what about some of the hires we've seen already? Luke Fickle for Wisconsin. Uh, we've got Matt Rule going to Nebraska. What's your thoughts on some of these? Yeah, as far as Matt Rule, I think that was a, a really phenomenal hire. And I, I realize he made an absolute mess out of the Panthers, but I blame some of that on the GM and the owners for uh, sticking in with Baker Mayfield. I mean, listen, I mean, how, how many coaches is Baker Mayfield going to get fired? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's truly, uh, truly remarkable. Uh, and so that, Matt Rule's perfect for Nebraska. But if Nebraska can't win with Matt Rule, they, they literally should shut the program down because Scott Frost was one of their own. He won, a, he, won the, he won the national championship there as a quarterback, and they couldn't do anything. I think Luke Fickle uh, is, going, is a really good hire for Wisconsin. Think about this. If Luke Fickle had not been in the playoffs a year ago, he probably would have been the Notre Dame coach instead of Marcus Freeman. Paul, over the weekend we got word that Deion Sanders had emerged as one of the front runners for the Colorado Buffaloes job. Now, reports are that they've already offered him the job and he hasn't decided on what he's going to do. But your thoughts on Deion Sanders potentially making the leap to a Power Five conference? I don't know if it will be this one, Chris, uh, but, I, but I think Deion Sanders is one of the most transformational people in, in the game. And I frankly think Deion can do better than Colorado. I think that's a dead-end job. I think Deion needs to be in a big market. Uh, I know that there's been some talk about Georgia Tech. There's been some other places, but he needs to be a place where he can be seen. I mean, nobody. When's the last time anybody saw a Colorado game? Uh, <laughs> and, and, the fifth and down, I, I think Paul. Terrible, that would be a, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That would be a terrible choice for him. And I mean, I, I'm pulling for Dion to get a major job. And a lot of people, frankly, thought Auburn should have offered it to him. There, there's some speculation that Mike Leach might leave Mississippi State uh, for a various number of reasons, and Dion could move up up to up the road there. Not that that's a high-profile job either, but I, I think Deion Sanders can do better. Paul, awesome stuff as usual. We appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. See you soon. The great Paul Feinbaum of the Paul Feinbaum Show on the SEC Network and on the ESPN app. The best fan of the month is brought to you by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. I got to tell you, the best fan of the month is probably the guy that would have had to sit through that entire game at Ohio State. So that's plenty of people as they are getting their doors blown off by Michigan. That is a tough one to swallow the second time through. And Ohio State had their uh, way with Michigan for many, many years. But, boy, that is coming back right now. Ryan Day not getting it done against Michigan, and that's all that matters as we know. Well, Carlin, I don't think Michigan has lost there in a – I mean, Michigan has won there in Columbus in a decade. And Mm. the scene of Michigan planting the flag in the middle of the O is only going to add fuel to the fire and the urgency 
that Ohio State boosters are going to approach 2023 with. So it's going to get real interesting in the Big Ten with this this rivalry that's reignited now that Michigan has won two in a row. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. We had the top five earlier, so that means we're going to get to the bottom five. A preseason Super Bowl contender who can't even run away with the worst division in football. It's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We are presented by our good friends at Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN. That is your Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-729-3776. Canty had his top five earlier, which means the big fella about to deliver the bottom five. Here's Carlin with the bottom five. You're damn right. Number five. Chris Canty, the New Orleans Saints, bad at football. The New Orleans Saints, bad at football. Listen, at the start of the season, you and I were both just absolutely befuddled by the fact that so many people were picking the New Orleans Saints to have a huge year. And yet you and I sat here and said, no, 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 no. And the Saints are 4-8. Chris, defensively, they have not been bad, but they have not been anywhere near what they were supposed to be. And yes, I know Marshawn Lottimore didn't play. I understand that. Yesterday, they couldn't do anything offensively. They get down near the goal line. They turn the football over. What a great defense the 49ers are. But as much as they only gave up 13 points yesterday, I look at the Saints right now as a team that does just enough to lose. That's what they feel like to me. That team that you look at it, you think, well, they shouldn't be that bad, but they are. They're four and eight. You know what four and eight is? It's bad. Number four. (laughs) Let's get to number four. You know, the Tampa Bay Bucks just don't deserve to win the division. This is really quite the study of the NFC South, isn't it? That's I mean, fair. <laughs> That's fair. What you're saying is fair. They don't deserve to win. They don't. 
They don't. Who does deserve to win the NFC South? Anybody? Like the Carolina, Pan- the Carolina Panthers. They've had to deal with the likes of Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker, and now Sam Darnold. The Carolina Panthers, off of the strength of their defense alone, deserves to win the division. I, I guess. Unfortunately, they're not going to. No. I, 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 I can't sit here and watch the Bucks against the Browns yesterday completely butcher the clock and just think about how bad you, bad a coach you have to be to get in Tom Brady's way. That's what happened yesterday. Yeah. That's what happened. The greatest quarterback of all time was taken down by his own head coach's inability to manage the clock. That was sacked by his own head coach. Yes, he truly was. Chris, that is that's a special achievement for Todd Bowles yesterday. That no doubt. That was something. The Tampa Bay Bucks don't deserve to win. I'm so down on what I saw from them. Yesterday. Number three. Chris, the Las Vegas Raiders had scored 62 total points in their previous four games going into yesterday's little trip up to Seattle. They put up 40. They put up 40. The Legion of Boom is turning over in its grave right now. And and look, when Geno Smith has had the year that that he has had, you can't have excuses for this. No. Dear God, that Seattle defense is absolutely atrocious. Josh Jacobs rushed for over 200 yards, and he basically wasn't going to have the job at the beginning of the year. Wow. Carlin, he went for 300 yards from scrimmage. Oh. 300 yards from scrimmage for <laughs> one player. Oh one God. player. One guy. Wow. One guy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's not great, Bob. Not great. It's not. It's not. But you know who else really isn't great? Number two. Russell Wilson. Mm. Oh. Understatement of the 2022 season. Canty, I gave the stat last hour, but for those of you who weren't here with us, A, where were you? And B, well, this is for you. Russell Wilson has thrown eight touchdown passes this season. Carson Wentz has thrown 10 touchdown passes this season, and he has not played since week six. <laughs> what week was it again? Week 12? Uh, yes, it was week, week 12, 12 this week. And Carson, so Car- Carson Wentz, Wentz had played since week six. And has, has not more played touchdown passes in six than weeks. Russell Wilson. That's Holy a damn cow. shame. Damn and, shame and, what they did to that dog. And Chris, mm. the touchdown they scored... Which, by the way, congrats, Russ. It was your 300th career touchdown pass. Well done. <laughs> was yeah. a garbage time touchdown. Yeah. It wasn't even that close. It wasn't even as close as 23-10 would, it, it would indicate. His QBR yesterday, a whopping 29.1. Carlin, his QBR is 30th in the NFL. The Chris, how many teams are in the Carlin, NFL? 32. And I'll say this. The two quarterbacks that are behind him in QBR, guess what? They're not playing quarterback right now. Baker Mayfield and Davis Mills. Yeah, Russell wow. Wilson stinks at football, and I don't know. The future doesn't look that bright in Denver. See what I did there? How would you? Yeah, I did see what you did there. <laughs> I tell you. How would you like to be the ownership of the Denver Broncos, and your first decision was to hand a quarter of a billion dollars to Russell Wilson? Uh, and this I'm is fire, what you're I'm getting. firing the guy that said it was a good idea.
Well, listen, as bad as Russ is, he wasn't number one. Number one. Chris, I'm sorry. I hate to do it to you. The Baltimore Ravens. Oh. They were just the worst yesterday. No, the Ravens weren't as bad as Russell Wilson. Stop. No, they were. You know why? Oh. Because they did it again. They blew a two-score lead in the fourth quarter again. I was all in with you. I was riding shotgun with you on the legitimate candidacy for the Baltimore Ravens to go to the Super Bowl this year through yesterday. Mm. Now, I'm out. I'm done. Because they can't stop anybody when it matters. And not only that, they blew the lead. They came back and scored again. And then they blew the lead again. Just for good measure. Not once, but twice. The Baltimore Ravens were absolutely the worst thing I saw yesterday. Marcus Peters, what's happened to you, man? Where are you no, at? He's awful. Carlin, I can't understand why the Ravens are so bad on defense, though. Like, they're second in takeaways. They're second in run defense. Okay, they're middle of the road in, in passing touchdowns allowed. They're 16th. I just don't understand why they're so bad in the critical moments. I don't get it. They're could it be, awful. Could it be that if I wink at you, you'll understand why? Ah, so I see what you did there. Wink Martindale's I see what gone. You did there. And he's probably enjoying the view from New York with the Giants. Wow. That is your bottom five from week 12 in the NFL. Anything that I missed? Anything that seems out of line on my part? Uh, no, I mean, the Tampa Bay Bucks and Todd Bowles deserve to be probably a little bit higher on your list. Mm. I thought Russell Wilson was absolutely bad. I couldn't believe that you didn't include the meltdown in the Sean Payton Bowl by the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> um, I thought that was noteworthy. Uh, but I think it was a solid list all in all. Solid list. No, 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 no big... No big glaring omissions. So, well, I don't even think it's a bowl anymore. Oh, think... actually, 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 there is one. Okay, Jalen Ramsey, what oh. the hell happened to you, man? Oh my you god, you gave up three passing touchdowns yesterday. What the hell happened to you? And, and, and Travis Kelsey just made him look silly on many an occasion yesterday. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. What do we do, Canty? We made people a lot of money. That's right. Oh, I smell a prime time parlay, one in which we have plenty of confidence tonight. That is on the way. I am being a little facetious when I say we have plenty of confidence in it. And <laughs> did one NFL star cost himself some big money this weekend? It's next, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Thing we enjoy doing on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio is making you money, and we hope that you appreciate that. 
We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Let's just do it. Let's just make some money. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money, the smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. I don't think it's a stretch to say that we are limping into this a little bit considering what happened on Thanksgiving Day. We got our tails kicked on the last primetime parlay, did we not? Yeah, we did. I mean, we we were aggressive thinking that Josh Allen was going to go over two and a half touchdowns. Now, in our defense, he did fumble one at the goal line and ended up running it in. It was supposed to be a pass play. So that could have been the third touchdown through the air. Um, but, yeah, our parlay was done by the time 4 p.m. hit on Thanksgiving Day. So um, it's kind of one of those things that makes your turkey taste terrible. Mm-hmm. But good thing I didn't have turkey in my house. We did go 2-1 and one in the ESPN Pick'em Challenge. So yes, I did. do feel good about that. I do feel but we good gotta about – Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I do feel good about our newfound strategy of fading Barton Hahn. Oh, no doubt about it. But yes. we got to get back to making people some money, Carlin. So let's we gotta give, We got to give people something – to draw them into tonight's Monday Night Football matchup. Well, I think what we have to do is deliver a little primetime parlay. It's a primetime parlay, baby. Yes, it is. Canty, here's the deal. Steelers-Colts, two and a half points Steelers are getting. Neither one of us was really feeling that. Mm-mm. So we're going to go with the over, which is 39 and a half tonight. 39 and a half. It's a low over, but... That's because these two teams struggle offensively, but we think you should be able to get over 39 and a half. Yes. We're going to tie that in with Michael Pittman Jr. total receptions. Michael Pittman Jr. total receptions is over five and a half. Over five and a half. And then total rushing attempts for Jonathan Taylor. Total rushing attempts for Jonathan Taylor because you believe the Steelers are not going to keep the Colts from running the football. No, and I don't think the game flow or the game script is going to dictate the Colts getting away from running the football. Mm-hmm. That over is 19 and a half attempts. So once again, this parlay is over 39 and a half on the total. Michael Pittman Jr., over five and a half receptions. Jonathan Taylor, over rushing attempts at 19 and a half pays out at plus 510 hello sometimes it's the worst sometimes it's the best best either way we'll get you straight with everything you need to know this is three and out uh canty did you see the giant hat that brian robinson of the commanders was wearing after the game I did. So he was wearing a giant Washington Commander's hat, and it was purposely well oversized, and apparently his buddy owns the uh, store that makes these giant hats that are quite fashionable, to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to this website. It's made by uh, a company called Noggins Here or something like that. Noggins something. Kitty, how do you make giant hats? And the biggest hat size that you have is seven and five eighths. How is that possible? I have a size eight head. 
Like, if you just put the regular giant hat on me, I wouldn't even call it a giant hat. I'd call it a hat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they make hats that size and don't make one for your head size, big fella. It really doesn't make any sense. It defies all logic. I will say this, though. I don't need you to buy that for me for a stocking stuff or a Christmas gift. I'm all set on that one. I, I saw what he did. I, I can appreciate people that dare to be different. But let me tell you what I'm not going to do is order one of them Giants hats. I, yeah, I'm good it, on that one, bro. It, it's, called, it's called Noggin Boss, and I'm noggin not going to be buying any more hats. Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you what I'm not going to do, boss, is buy a Noggin Boss. Exactly. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. removed from a flight at Miami International Airport Sunday morning. Uh, police said that he was in and out of consciousness and refused to leave the airplane when he was asked. Uh, Odell's side put out a statement basically saying that he was asleep when they came up and asked him to put on his uh, seatbelt, and didn't, he didn't respond because he was asleep, and so they turned the plane around and put it back. I mean, the truth as we know, is going to be somewhere in the middle here. Does any of this, now nothing happened to him from a uh, from getting arrested standpoint because they considered it, quote, a medical situation. Canty, does anything from this concern you about Odell now? No, it doesn't concern me because the teams that are acquiring him are trying to make a championship push. And as long as he doesn't run afoul of law enforcement, I think he's good. But this is just one of those things that's stupid. Like it's just it, it, if if the flight attendants tell you to put your seatbelt on, you put your seatbelt on. Like it, you know they're gonna check for your seatbelt before you take off anyway. The only way you get away with not wearing a seatbelt is to fly private, dog. So yep. just uh, this is one of those things. It's stupid. But Mike McCarthy said they're full steam ahead in terms of recruiting Odell, and he's scheduled to meet with the New York Giants this Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. So seems like this incident is not affecting teams wanting to get Odell. Last one, Hugh Freeze has agreed to a deal become Auburn's next head football coach. Good luck, Hugh. It has proven to be a bit of a difficult job over the last several years, but Hugh certainly knows his way around the SEC. Good luck on the plane. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.